the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. It's not John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's only Kathy Emmons and Lexi Merritt today. Because John Hall uh, came into work intending on doing the show as usual, but coughed himself right out of the building. That was it. Uh, He was informed by management that whatever he was doing uh, respiratory-wise was not something consistent with a work day. And so I'm sorry to tell you that John's off again today. Hopefully um, on the uh, way to getting a chest x-ray, figuring out what's going on with this nasty cough he has. And so we wish him our very best. And I'm sorry he's not here because we have such a great show ahead of us today. Um, So let me give you a little window on what you can expect over the next two hours. Uh, Let's start with a five o'clock hour, which is hour two for us. Um, 52% of Americans grew up sleeping with a security blanket or stuffed animal, and 77% admit they still do. We'll talk about whether that has any relation to anybody who might be in this studio or an attached studio. Uh, That's coming up in the five o'clock hour. Also, we had a terrific conversation on yesterday's show um, about Amazon's uh, new docuseries called Shiny Happy People. Alex Harris, who is featured in that docuseries, joined me. And Lexi and I thought that that conversation had so much um, interest and relevance uh, to a lot of things that we are thinking about and talking about right now, not just in the church, but in America, that we've decided to run it again in the five o'clock hour. So around 525, 520, something like that, um, we'll let you hear that again. So if you missed that portion of our show yesterday, don't you worry, because Alex Harris will be coming up at 525. We'll also talk about Pittsburgh Magazine's Best of the Berg, because that came out today. Uh, And we'll have Father Tom Soroka in, uh, not in studio, but kind of in the virtual studio. He'll be on Zoom with us to talk about illness, a biblical perspective. Um, Okay, there's a lot. It's just a little taste of what we have uh, over the next two hours. Uh, But before we do any of that, Lex, I guess we should do uh, some news. So can you hit the music, please? It's Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. Number one, you've probably already heard the news. Uh, I heard it at the top of the hour here from SRN that five people who were on the sub that went missing during the voyage to the wreckage of the Titanic are believed to be dead. Um, The announcement was made after a deep-sea robot found a debris field while searching for the sub, the Coast Guard said today. Uh, Later details emerged around maybe 3.25 this afternoon talking about a catastrophic implosion that uh, killed all aboard. There's a lot of conversation out right now. I just listened to about 10 minutes of it before we came to air about whether that 
the structure of the submersible uh, really was able to with was able to withstand repeated uh, attempts to look at the wreckage of the Titanic, uh, knowing the incredible pressure that it was submitting the frame to. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversation as to whether they should have gone down in the submersible, whether it should have gone through more safety checks. James Cameron, uh, famous for a lot of things, but uh, for making the Titanic movie, has already weighed in about it. So um, we will uh, try to stay on top of that and we'll offer you uh, whatever conversation we can up until six o'clock tonight. Number two. A Russian court upheld the extended detention of Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter deemed by the U.S. to be wrongfully held, ordering that he remain in Moscow's Lefortovo prison until at least the end of August. Gershkovich uh, smiled briefly. He was wearing a dark T-shirt and jeans, according to today's Wall Street Journal, and he appeared in a courtroom inside a transparent box. Gershkovich is 31 years old. He's an American citizen accredited by the Russia's foreign ministry to work as a journalist. He was initially detained by agents from the FSB while on a reporting trip in the Russian city of Yekaterinburg. That's not the way you pronounce that, I bet. Yekaterinburg. Yeah, maybe it is Yekaterinburg. On March 29th, he's being held on an allegation of espionage that he says is ridiculous. The Wall Street Journal denies and the U.S. government does as well. You can read all the details about Gershkovich and what's going on in today's Wall Street Journal. Number three, for most of its history, it has had as its symbol a red apple with a white cross. That's the Swiss national flag superimposed on one of its common fruits. But listen to this, the group, the oldest and largest Fruit Farmers Organization in Switzerland thinks they might have to change its logo because Apple, yeah, as in Apple, like your iPhone, is trying to gain intellectual property rights over depictions of apples. Not just the apple with the bite, all the apples. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And number four. The Pittsburgh Pirates have paid homage to the city of champions in uh, the new City Connect uniforms that have debuted today featuring design elements that borrow from the city of Pittsburgh's flag and its bridges. Uh, I got to tell you, I don't like the shirts even one little bit, but that is your top four at four. Lex, have you seen these? I have not. You haven't seen the City Connect? I okay. Have not. So they have done this uh, in several cities uh, around Major League Baseball, and some of them are super cool looking. It's supposed to be, I think, something very specific to the city that maybe people in the city would appreciate, even if people outside of the metropolitan area wouldn't. So these city, the City Connect jerseys for the Pirates. Just look kind of dumb. Really? I'm, I mean, it says, I'm Googling it right now. Okay, so, so it says it. it says PGH on the front, which is great because that's what we say about it. We, that's how we abbreviate Pittsburgh, everybody who lives within the, you know, Allegheny County and such. So I appreciate that. But the font that PGH is in just looks kind of lame. Do you see it? Yeah, these are pretty lame. <laughs> Don't you think they're lame? These are sad. We could have done so much better with those. I mean, Kutch is in it in the picture that I was looking at before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I believe me. He can make anything look good. He's our favorite. He's our favorite Major League Baseball player currently. And mm -hmm. by we, I mean you and me, Lexi. Yeah. I, hate, I hate to speak for you, but I think I should. No, you, you do. You speak for me. At this yeah, moment. but it just does. It's it's. 
Some of the other ones, I just thought if I lived in that city, I would snatch that up. This one, I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling like it's not going to happen. Anyway, much more to come on today's Ride Home. We will return to the issue of the apple. Can you believe Apple's trying to trademark the actual apple? Like just downright the fruit? Just, come on. WORD. In our daily devotional, Charles Stanley talks about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. Start your day with biblical guidance for helping others delivered directly to your inbox with our station's daily devotional email. Dr. Stanley is joined by many other ministry leaders. It's amazing how your day can be shaped when you start with God's perspective. Subscribe to any of our devotionals or newsletters at wordfm.com slash subscribe. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Reuter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412 Router 2 today. The Southern Baptist Church doesn't have a whole lot of sway here in Pittsburgh. Probably not a whole lot of sway. Not probably. Not a whole lot of sway in the northeastern part of the U.S., which is why it's called the Southern Baptist Church. However, um, 
the trials and travails of the SBC have figured into our news cycle pretty prominently. If you're following news about current evangelicalism or current religious trends in the United States, I think a lot of that has to do with social media because uh, a story that wouldn't merit a whole lot of attention uh, in a major periodical does demand a lot of attention if you're a member of the Southern Baptist Church or if you're a pastor at a small church in Arkansas or you've been an SBC member your whole life and you live in Alabama or Florida. Um, The Southern Baptist Church is the largest Protestant denomination in all of America. Um, Fourteen and a half million people call themselves Southern Baptists. So um, that's the reason that I turned my attention to them today, because even if it there aren't a lot of SBC churches here in the Pittsburgh area, the SBC has an outsized influence on how uh, Christianity is pursued and practiced in the United States and also how um, those who are outside the church look at Christianity because so many Christians are a member of those churches. Now, today, uh, a major periodical did turn its attention to the SBC because uh, Rick Warren, who is the pastor of Saddleback Church in Southern California, posted an opinion piece uh, that was featured in the Washington Post today. Rick Warren is the founder, as I said, of Saddleback Church. Um, He's also the author of The Purpose Driven Life. He's the coordinator of the Evangelistic Initiative, Finishing the Task. And I'm going to just give you a a little flavor of what Rick wrote in uh, the Washington Post today. And uh, you can decide what you uh, think about it. Rick Warren writes this. Amid an unprecedented decline within the Southern Baptist Convention, the nation's largest Protestant denomination has elected to expel several churches for their interpretations of Scripture. That action has fueled a larger conversation about the future of the denomination to which I have belonged my entire life. Now, parenthetically, let me say that a Rick Warren's church saddleback was pushed out of the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, because they decided to rename the titles of three women who are on staff at Saddleback as pastor. And that probably happened a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, And because of that, and because the SBC does not believe in female pastors, the SBC or Saddleback was pushed out. Um, And at this recent Southern Baptist convention that happened uh, last week, or perhaps it was the end of the week before, uh, it was voted on by all the messengers that were there. And that's a very strange term for those of us who are outside the nomination. But basically, a messenger is anybody from the SBC who goes to the convention. So anybody can vote. And they voted overwhelmingly uh, to keep Saddleback out of the denomination for this reason. All right. So back to Rick's article opinion piece in today's post. I was not surprised by the vote of the SBC to expel Saddleback Church, the congregation my wife Kay and I founded 43 years ago, for giving three longtime female staff members pastor of titles. There are now perhaps nearly 2,000 other SBC churches around the U.S. worried they will be next. The SBC's executive committee's unprecedented decision has opened a Pandora's box of unintended consequences that will fundamentally destroy several tenets of the Baptist faith upon which the convention was founded. 
Warren goes on to say the SBC has been in decline since the Baptist faith and message confession was revised in the year 2000 to add a prohibition against female pastors. Then in 2015, just eight years ago, an amendment to the SBC constitution weaponized that confession, turning it into an enforceable creed. Basically, that means that if you don't follow along with it, they can toss you out of the denomination. He goes on to say that the convention, the Baptist convention, has suffered one self-inflicted wound after another. These problems have weakened the identity, structure, mission, and strategies for cooperation that once made the SBC a powerful force for the kingdom of God and for good in our society. So let me pause right there. I'll return to Rick Warren's piece in just a few minutes. But, you know, I I recognize that me even talking about this on the ride home today is going to engender all sorts of anger and debate because um, the topic of women in the church is one of the most contentious topics that John and I have dealt with since we've been doing the show here in Pittsburgh. Um, And I understand that. Uh, You know, I understand that people feel strongly about um, gender roles and It makes me sad, um, however, that those are reasons for disfellowshipping. Um, And I I wish we could find a better way to talk about that. I I think the first thing I would say um, is that I don't see this as an issue of primary importance. And by primary importance, I'm talking about uh, the term that Paul used in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when he says, um, by this gospel, you're saved. This is Paul's words. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first or primary importance. So this is what Paul says are issues of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, raised on the third day according to the scriptures. After that appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. And last of all, he appeared to me also, Paul, as to one abnormally born. He goes on to say this, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called one because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. So those are the issues of primary importance. You'll see the gender is not included in issues of primary importance. So to me, I feel like this shouldn't be as divisive as it is. The second thing I would say is uh, I I think we should have scripture as our starting point. No matter what view we take of this issue, scripture should be where we start. But it's also not a bad thing to admit that culture is challenging us. Because if we can't, if there's not a gospel that connects to a culture, then there's not going to be any gospel that's understood by the culture. And if we're supposed to be making disciples of all nations, then we have to be doing it in a way that makes sense to a culture. I'm not saying at all that we change scripture to bend to culture. I don't believe that. But I also think that we should be confident enough. We should be sure enough about the scriptures that we have in the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we can be challenged by people. We can have things brought to our consideration from culture and not think that that's an evil thing. 
Um, and then I, I think the last thing I would say is, do we really want to be biblical? Now, if you care enough about this issue, maybe you're a member of the SBC and you're listening to me now, I, I'm guessing your answer is yes, because we all say that we want to be biblical because to us, that's the right thing, right? Of course, we want to be, be, be biblical. But I think we have to remember and keep remembering that the scriptures that we're reading are uh, written in a Middle Eastern culture from the first century. And that's not to diminish it. In fact, that's to elevate it. Because if we don't understand the culture to which it's written, then we don't understand the original message that was given. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't apply now, because it absolutely does apply now. But if we are reading the scriptures like they were written to somebody in Arkansas in 1950, then we're just not reading ancient documents well or accurately. So do we want to understand a, a first century Middle Eastern culture, or do we want to read this biblical passages like it's speaking to 1950s America? I, I think it's an honest question. Now, you might be listening to me and you're ready to drive off the road because you're so angry. And you think, oh, my gosh, this is a horrible thing. Kathy's become a lib. Well, I haven't become a lib. I think I have pretty conservative views um, of Scripture. And I think uh, I certainly try in my personal life to be faithful to them. But I do think that in this issue of gender, we tend in America to make gender issues of a much higher priority than they are in the New or Old Testament. And I think that has to do with our inability in America to discuss gender roles and to discuss what's been harmful about them, what's been good about them, what we might want to keep, but what we should throw away. And that's what Rick Warren, I believe, is getting at when he talks in today's Washington Post about the SBC, Southern Baptist Church, suffering one self-inflicted wound after another. Because here's the thing. If you have followed any of the things that have been going on in the SBC churches over the last five or so years, the debate about whether women should be pastors is really small scale compared to pastors who have sexually abused members of their congregation or pastors who have known that other staff members were sexually abusing people of their congregation and did nothing, or they knew that there were people in their congregation who had been sexually abused and they acted like it wasn't happening. I mean, this is a pattern that has fallen. This is one of these self-inflicted wounds that Rick Warren is talking about. So when you see a group of people who are very concerned to vote against a church being a member of the confession because of their gender stance. And that same denomination is the one that has turned its back on its members over and over and over again for the last 30 years when it comes to issues of sexual abuse. I, I just can't. I can't possibly take it that seriously. I really can't. If you want to read more about Rick Warren's opinion, and if you want to let me know what yours are, I bet this could be some spicy email tonight, kathy at wordfm.com. Or if you want to tell on me and tell John what I said, you can do that too. John Hall at wordfm.com. We need to step away. But when we come back, holy smokes, the Mormon crickets are back. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Oh, yeah. 
Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners. It is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling one 866 2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look. There's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? new roof. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. When the doctor told us about my mom's cancer, it made me feel so helpless. Until I called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and spoke with Grace, who answered all of my questions about the disease, treatment options, and cancer-related expenses. Her support and compassion made us feel whole again. Today, I'm calling Grace to let her know my mom is beating cancer. To learn more, visit LLS.org. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers around, mainly late tonight. We'll see a low of 60. Cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see little relief from the humidity in the coming days, the high 73. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night, couple of showers and a thunderstorm, low 62. Mostly cloudy Saturday, humid, couple of showers and a thunderstorm at a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Until yesterday, I'd never heard of a Mormon cricket. It kind of makes me laugh. But the crickets themselves are not Mormons. <laughs> They've just been caught up in a story related to Mormons uh, over the uh, last uh, century and a half. Anyway, here's the update. We talked about the uh, Mormon crickets maybe on maybe Monday show, Lex. Could have been Tuesday show. Oh, Lex, did you see my text? I did see your text. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, so this comes to us from Elko, Nevada, via ABC News. 
Uh, it says Dana Dolan was driving through her small Nevada hometown. <laughs> this is so gross. When she thought she'd come upon a gory crash because the ground surrounding her and the stretch of Internet 80 she was on looked as if it had been covered in blood. But as the red color shifted and moved, she realized instead it was an infiltration of crickets. Now, when I say crickets, you guys, these are really large crickets. They're like bigger than your thumb and they're red. I mean, it's totally freaky. Um, it's been likened to a biblical plague in uh, the Associated Press. And it's kind of absurd because they don't hurt you, these crickets. But there are tens of thousands of eggs buried about an inch deep in the soil. And they began to hatch last week. And for weeks now, well, or maybe seven or eight days, I guess, the red critters have been invading whole swaths of northern Nevada and causing chaos all over the place. Um, these crickets will eat incredible amounts of agriculture, but also they eat each other. I mean, they just, they're not very discriminating. They're just extremely hungry. Uh, so this town of Elko is a small town of about 20,000 near Idaho. It's known for its gold mining. And uh, the big red bugs are all over the town of Elko. And the stench related to the crickets is so horrible that residents are going around plugging their noses even while they're driving in their cars with the windows up. Uh, the Crickets stick to tires, the bottoms of shoes, their carcasses are everywhere. When when they move, because there are such huge numbers of them, they said it sounds like rain. So the people that live in this town and in areas surrounding that Nevada, Idaho, and that area, they uh, have to use brooms, leaf blowers, pressure washers, and get ready for this, snow plows to get rid of the crickets. And the problem is they keep coming back. State officials have erected signs throughout the county warning drivers of slick highways because there's so many crickets on the road. And if it get if they get wet, then you can like hydroplane or cricket plane around because what are you going to, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can read all sorts of accounts of this. Now they even had to close, close the hospital at one point because people, ambulances couldn't even get into the ER in this town because there were too many crickets. They had to get the fire department to come out and put a fire hose. It was just absolutely crazy. Um, anyway, Mormon crickets, uh, there are records of infestations relating to them uh, back to the 1930s. But the reason they're called Mormon crickets is that they got their name when they started devastating crops planted by Mormon settlers who'd moved into the Salt Lake Valley. The settlers prayed for relief that came in the form of seagulls. Seagulls came in, ate the crickets, and they looked at it as a miraculous thing. So that's why the gull is the state bird of Utah. <laughs> Can you believe that? Because the seagull came in and ate all the Mormon crickets. I respect that, honestly, that they <laughs> oh. honored the seagull in that way. <laughs> the Mormon cricket is not a true cricket, but it's a shield-backed Katie did, just to be specific about what we're talking about. Anyway, the Mormon crickets are back, people. It's not like the spotted lantern fly, because we have those, but... Anyway, for those people out there, I think it's probably much worse. Coming up next, we'll talk about a biblical perspective on illness, Father Tom Soroka. 
101.5 Word FM, WORD. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie launches a new series in the book of James. We'll consider the surprising joy of trials and temptations and learn to control the destructive power of our tongues. It's an important week of practical study on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. At Lowe's, we're always bringing pros more ways to save. Right now, save $100 when you buy the Flex 24-volt brushless impact driver kit for just $99. That's 50% off the original price. Plus, you'll also find Southwire Romex Simple 250-foot wire for just $109. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Valve through 720 while supplies last. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Rama Christian School in Moon. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers, consider Christian education. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. If you're like me, one of the best parts of summer is a solid garage sale. Or let's be honest, most of what's going on is not great. I'm talking to you, scary 1980 Cabbage Patch Kid doll. But almost always amidst the scary clutter is a fantastic deal and opportunity to be found. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And the same thing is going on in the new home purchase market right now. High interest rates are Cabbage Patch scary. But they've also created a big opportunity because high interest rates have brought home prices down, at least for now, meaning an opportunity to buy the dream home now because the price of a home is forever. With the plan to refinance a scary rate when rates settle, which many experts believe is in the near future. Know we've got a direct lender advantage that can often save you monthly and lifelong money and a $1,000 lender credit at closing for all Word FM listeners. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to have a loved one sick. When it's a cold, it's really annoying. You know, you sprain your ankle, it's really annoying. When you get seriously ill, uh, it's a whole different life. It's a different adjustment in perspective. It's different adjustment in time, in energy, in everything. And um, I've been through that with uh, both of my parents over years, over the years. I've been with that, been through that with a ton of my friends. um, And my friends have been through that with me. And so uh, this life journey that we're on has a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But maintaining a biblical perspective on both, I think, is essential uh, to being able to 
you know, keep our spirits where they should be and keep our um, attitudes formed by the truths that we know, that we know. But sometimes when things get hard, are difficult to hold on to. Father Tom Soroka is back with me. He's pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in the Mickey's Rock section of Pittsburgh. Tom, I'm glad you're here. Hi, Kath. I'm glad to be here. So Thinking about John today because oh, he yeah. was sick, and I thought, well, let's talk about sickness. Yeah, John has has had this nasty cough for a long time, I mean, three weeks, three, maybe more than that now, and he's yeah. absolutely miserable to still be sick. Um, right. And so uh, talk about your perspective, not just as a pastor, but as a person. <clears throat> yeah, I like that you mentioned sort of having an attitude about it because there really isn't much that we can do about it. It's a reality, right? Um, and as Christians who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and are informed by the Word of God, we have to uh, think about what the Bible says and what Christ says and the apostles say about sickness. And I think, you know, there are certain things that we know that may at least bring perspective to uh, why we get sick and how to undergo it. And so I just wanted to maybe think about that. The first one is, and it should be obvious, you know, that the reason why there is sickness in the world is not because it's God's will, uh, but because sin has entered into the world and that sin has caused the corruption of the world, of even the earth that we live in. Uh, St. Paul talks about that in Romans. You know, we're waiting for the uh, the the renewal of the, the earth, uh, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. And so the earth itself, everything in it participates in that fallenness. Uh, St. Paul talks about in uh, Romans 5, of course, that, you know, uh, through one man, uh, one man sinned and death spread to all men. So there is this, this innate connection between sin, sickness, and death. Mm. Uh, sin causes the sickness and the sickness causes death. Um, and so if we understand that God created the world, when he created it, he said it was good. When he created man, he said it was very good. And God's will for man was to live eternally with, uh, with him, with God. Uh, but because sin came into the world, everything else that came with it, sickness, corruption, uh, death, uh, all of it has been caused by sin. It's hard when you are in the circumstance to sure. it's easier to blame God because he <clears throat> is a he's not a human, but he's a person. It's hard to blame sin. Do you know what I mean? Because it seems like it's this amorphous force. The problem is that we want an answer, right? Like, why did right. this happen? Yep. This, this is always every time I go to the hospital, every time yep. I serve a funeral. And it's especially difficult. Uh, you know, you and I are connected by a particularly tragic uh, death. Yeah. And people want to know why. And I'm, you know, the problem is not all questions are answerable and not all questions are really good questions. And we don't do anyone a good service by trying to answer that question. What we need to do is know for ourselves that uh, sin causes the sickness and causes death. Uh, and that's enough. But maybe the, the next point is not that God wills this, 
but that God can use them for his purposes. Uh, And this is one of the amazing things about God is that even though the world itself spins out of control because of its own disobedience to God, that he actually can use these things for good. Um, And what, what I believe is that sickness itself, undergoing sickness, can be a sign of redemption. It can be a sign of our faithfulness in Christ. Um, if you think about what St. Paul says right before he talks about, you know, uh, that that one man sinned and then this, this sin, this death spread to all man, right before that he says, uh, we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation perverses, uh, produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope, and care, and hope does not disappoint. You know, ultimately, the idea is if we believe that Christ destroys death, and so for us, that the sting of death has been uh, taken away for us by Christ's redemption on the cross and by his resurrection, even undergoing that suffering can somehow be a sign of our faithfulness to Christ, knowing that ultimately he has the victory over all things, even sin and death. Mm. That is so true. And, you know, for those of us who've gone through periods of sickness, um, you never want to relive it. You never want to go back again. And yet, at least my experience has been, Tom, that uh, I wish that I could gain as much spiritually when I'm well. But it doesn't happen that way. It just seems like the times that we grow the most are the times that we're under the most severe challenge. And I wouldn't want to give though that challenge, you know, I wouldn't want to give the gains back, even for how difficult the periods of sickness were. All of the things that um, are difficult in the world, if you think about what is inspiring to us, um, whether it be those who are are sick and kind of bravely face that sickness. Uh, I would even extend that to, let's say, persecuted Christians. Mm. Nobody wants Christians to be persecuted, right? Uh, But if you look at the New Testament, you look at the epistles, um, St. Paul really glories in those chains, right? He glories in that persecution. And for some reason, um, if we look at Christians that are persecuted, we see in them the very purpose of faith. Kind of reminds me of when uh, Christians were undergoing persecution under communism. They were brought before the communist authorities, especially the Bolshevik authorities. And they said, you know, don't you know that we can kill you? And he says, you can kill me, but you can't take away my faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, sickness is the same way. And, And again, I know that it sounds like an easy answer, but, you know, sickness can kill us, but sickness can't take away our faith in Christ and it can't take away our hope in the resurrection. And even though, you know, like that tragedy, I think it's on all of our minds today of these five people who perished in the ocean, um, you know, God willing, they had a faith in Christ mm-hmm. uh, so that they could undergo 
these sufferings uh, with great hope uh, in a time when there will be no sickness, no sorrow, no sighing, no death, uh, but but joy and peace and and love. So I you know I think that there is a great value in undergoing suffering because we can grow through all of that. Father Tom Soroka is with us, pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. Um, I'm imagining uh, a listener's perspective on this and uh, thinking about my own too, Tom, about how when someone says, oh, you know, you'll really learn something from this. Usually it's something that you, <laughs> you don't want to go through, right? Mm-hmm. So you think, well, I think I'd probably rather not learn it. Uh, but God is going to take us through what God's going to take us through. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, I, it's, it's kind of like when Jesus says, you know, who do you say that I am to his disciples? And they Mm -hmm. say, you know, you have the words of eternal life. Um, and who else are we going to go to? You know, uh, are you, when he says, are you going to leave me too? It's just one of those things that like, this is this is the world we have. This is the God we have. And if he's going to be faithful, like he said he was going to be, then we're just going to have to keep walking. And and walking is the perfect uh, metaphor, right? Take up your cross and follow me, right? He who, he who loves me, he who, who wants to, to uh, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And part of that cross is, the difficulties of this world and Christ reminds his disciples that they're going to go through terrible things. They're going to be called uh, before governors and so forth. And I know that's maybe just a little bit off topic, but it's, it all is in the same uh, uh, genre of the bad things that happen to people who put their trust in God. And I, I will say, Kath, I, I have to sort of, you know, my office um, really tells me I need to say this. Any theology that says uh, that either sickness is not real uh, or that uh, if you are sick, that somehow God is turning away from you. This is this is really not the message of the yes. scriptures. It's certainly not the message of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes and heals sicknesses. It's true. Uh, in his ministry, but he does that to establish his messiahship. He does that to show that the kingdom of God is present. And so even though now we bear these infirmities, uh, the time will come when that redemption will spread. uh, And and St. Paul says, Christ will be all in all. And so um, when he is all in all, we won't have to worry about sickness and suffering and sorrow anymore. But right now we do, and we need to hold on and hold fast to our faith in God through all of that. It's like dealing with the cards you've been dealt. That's not in the scriptures, but it it is a true statement, even in Christian theology. Tom, we only have a little over a minute left, but you mentioned earlier that you and I were united by just an incredibly sad circumstance, um, the death of a young person. And, um, you know, that was one of those times when I looked at your church community and I thought how wonderful it is when people are suffering to have a church community come around them and let them know that they're not alone. Um, So just talk about that 
uh, you know, people who might be suffering now who don't have a church community, um, you know, what that could supply for them? Yeah, you know, what we're finding is that people that are pulling away from church realize that they're pulling away from community and pulling away from other people. Uh, but the reality is we need each other. God was right, you know, in the beginning of the scriptures, it is not good for man to be alone. Uh, and so the idea that uh, we can undergo these things without the help of others is really not true. Christ himself is the one who shows us this because it says, greater love has no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. So your faith community are are your family. They are an extended family for you. They are your friends. And all parish communities, all church communities should engender that love for one another, that really sincere care for one another, so that when times like this come, you will have someone to talk to, someone to listen to. You'll have the truth to to reflect on. Um, and nothing can compare to that. Of course, you need your family, but even the family is under assault these days. So let's let's draw near to one another. If if you don't mind, Kath, I wanted to plug a book, if you don't yeah. mind. And it's called The Theology of Illness by Jean-Claude Larcher, The Theology of Illness. It is a magnificent book that gives such amazing perspective. Mm. Again, it's not a book of inspiration as much as a book of reflection, and I would highly recommend it to all Christians to be able to understand why we have illness and how we can uh, enter into it and, and be redeemed through it. The Theology of Illness. Thanks for being with me today, Tom. Love you, Kath. Mm -hmm. Love you, too. More information about St. Nicholas Orthodox Church available online. Tom, what's the website? OrthodoxPittsburgh.org. Terrific. Stay close. More to come on today's Ride Home. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. 
Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War or on cash, free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. South Point Telecom specializes in electronic chimes for your church or community center. Replace or upgrade your existing bells with affordable, high-fidelity musical carillons. This is Don Hoder with 30 years' experience at South Point Telecom with audio, video systems, office phones, and computer cabling. Phone me now for a quick, affordable price. 412-646-6262 or go to southpointtelecom.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. When I got my first job, I was a college student, uh, still working my way through my undergrad, and got like a work study job, which is one of those things that they pay, you know, incredibly small wages, um, but. You have a job on campus, and so it's easy for you to get to your classes, and your work hours can be worked around your classes. And anyway, um, when you show up for that job, you just wear your jeans and whatever you're wearing to class. But then when the job was offered to me after I was done with school, all of a sudden things were different. Like there was a greater expectation. It wasn't like I could say, oh, I have to go to class. And the supervisor was like, oh, fine. Like there was no class to go to. It was like I was coming in in the morning and I had to be there on time and I had to wear clothes that were appropriate. Anyway, it was a big shock to my system going from student life to work life. And I thought of that when I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday on uh, new grads. And it says, they have no idea how to behave in the office. Help is on the way. As the class of 2023 enters the workforce, says the Wall Street Journal, employers are seeing a lack of the skills necessary to navigate the office. So, Lexi Merritt, I turn to you in the other room, faithfully and efficiently producing today's program. Uh, did you have a hard time going from school Lexi to work Lexi? I think my college did a really good job of, te like, helping me figure out what was appropriate for the workplace. Really? Yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> when my first job, when I got my first job, I moved on to Texas, and I was very much expecting, like, a very rigid thing. Like, I was fully prepared to be super rigid in my, um, in my work, like, be super on time, um, have a dress code, and then I got there... And my boss was probably the biggest joker I've ever met. Like he's just in a like, good way. Yes, in a good okay. way. Um, but we would crack jokes all the time. He was like, "As you can wear jeans and a t-shirt to work, I don't really care. You're not on camera." Um, just like a lot of different things. And so I was like, "Wow, the workplace seems a lot different than what I had anticipated." Because that's what I anticipated was very rigid work schedules. Yeah. Um, 
but I would be running late. Like if I had to do something, I'd text my boss to be like, you, "Just pick up, pick me up a coffee, and you'll be good. You'll be squared away." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, okay, Kyle, thanks." Hey, okay. well, Kyle, wherever you are in the great grand state of Texas. We want to thank you for your kindness to Lexi. Yeah. All right, we're going to hit this conversation again in hour two of today's show uh, because I think there's a lot to be said about it and a lot of people that it involves, people who are just entering the workforce and people who are going to be like us who are going to be working with those people. Anyway, after news and weather, we'll come back and uh, talk about Pittsburgh Magazine's Best of the Berg. It's out today. So what's the best stuff in our city? We'll see what voters said. It's next on The Ride Home. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Now.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. There's still no word on the origin of a debris field that has been found near the Titanic as rescuers search for a missing submersible. The Coast Guard did not say in its tweet whether officials believe the debris is connected to the Titan vessel. Officials say it was discovered within the search area by a remotely operated underwater robot. A Moscow court has ruled that Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovitz must remain in jail on espionage charges until at least late August, rejecting the American journalist appeal to be released. The U.S. Ambassador to Russia, Lynn Tracy. Nonetheless, today in the courtroom, Evan continued to show remarkable strength and resiliency in these very difficult circumstances. Gershkovitz and his employer have denied he spied in Russia. On Wall Street, the Dow is down two points, the Nasdaq up 95. This is SRN News. July 4th, witness the gripping reality of true heroism. From Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children number 13. Only in theaters July 4th. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-235-5588. That's 800-235-5588. 800-235-5588. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers, who are not only caring, but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Pittsburgh Christian Academy in West Mifflin. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. 
This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. This year, we're celebrating 250 years of God's faithfulness, making us the oldest anything in Pittsburgh, older than any newspaper, school, or business. God was working here before the nation was founded. Join us for worship in the majesty of our grand sanctuary, Sunday mornings at 1045. God's not done with this great old church. God's not done with you either. Plan now to join Word FM Friday, August 18th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. Early bird tickets, just $40 through June 23rd. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers around, mainly late tonight. We'll see a low of 60. Cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers of the thunderstorm. We'll see little relief from the humidity in the coming days. The high 73. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night. Couple of showers of the thunderstorm, low 62. Mostly cloudy Saturday, humid. Couple of showers of the thunderstorm at a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, welcome in on your ride home. Thanks for bringing us along. I'm Kathy Emmons, alongside Lexi Merritt, John Hall, having to take another day off due to a terrible cough. Uh, John came into work today, hoping to be on the show and all things would be back to normal, except that his cough was such that... We had to ban him. (laughs) He does not sound good. There was a banning. Yeah. (laughs) We told he showed up. He stayed for two minutes and then management was like, please go home. (laughs) And that was that. So anyway, but we're happy again, like I said, that you're joining us this afternoon. And um, I was also excited to see that the best of the bird came out today, which is something that Pittsburgh Magazine does every day, every year. And um, the thing I like about it is it's not just a bunch of people who work for the magazine deciding what they like. It's a big like anybody in Pittsburgh can write in. You can vote as many times as you want. You can say what you like, uh, everything from restaurants and the best, you know, uh, slushy in the area to the best contractor, the best hairstylist, and the best person to do your roof. Um, So, of course, we can't talk about all those things, but it's always fun to talk restaurants and food. And so I decided that I'd pick up um, that portion of the Best in the Berg, and I'll throw it out to you, Lex, and, you know, get your feel on this, and then maybe ask you who you would nominate to be in these areas. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So we start with bakery. Um, because that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, the best in the Berg this year, according to Pittsburgh Magazine, was the Oakmont Bakery, which is awesome and beautiful and huge. And I I could walk in the door and find 50 things I want to eat. That I mean, sounds... it's just that good. Oh, it sounds so good. Uh, do you have a favorite bakery, Lex? Um, I have... A lot of these are from like like hometown, like Beaver County. Yeah, so not well, right. Um, so Cretchmore's Bakery is my mm. favorite. 
um, which is up in Bieber. Got so it. So good. Okay. Now, I've had donuts from there. <gasps> yes. Oh, aren't they so yeah. delicious? Yes, of course they are. They are super, super delicious. But if we're talking donuts, we got to say it's Orem's, right? Uh, of, well, just by size alone. Yeah. <laughs> true it seems like that's who should win yeah um however the oakmont bakery did win for donuts again this year in best of the burg uh-uh. not that their donuts are bad yeah, I'm, no. I'm not a donut connoisseur but I, I feel though when it comes to bakery i have to say the bread works because i don't eat that many donuts but i love fresh bread and the bread works on brighton road in the north side is my go-to it's everything it, there salt sticks pumpernickel uh Italian, French, ciabatta, focaccia. Um, all of those things are fabulous there. The only, the king of the mountain is the rustic raisin. It's so epic. Oh, I, I forgot rustic sourdough. There's too many options. Anyway, Breadworks gets my vote. Um, barbecue. Do you have a barbecue place you like? Not up here. Okay, I don't either. What? Because you have one in Texas. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> the land... A- the land of barbecue. Yeah, barbecue. Barbecue is a delicacy up here. Like, you can't really get, like, good barbecue up here. But down in Texas, it's on, like, every corner. And it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so incredible. Anyway, uh, Best in the Berg was off the rails barbecue and draft house. Uh, breakfast or brunch? Eaton Park was the uh, winner this year for Pittsburgh Magazine. I feel, I feel like we have a lot better options than just Eaton Park. What, would, what do you mean, Eaton Park? <laughs> okay. Who would you say? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I don't know what the options were. So, well, okay. This is what I would say. I don't know what the options were. You can vote yeah. for whoever you want. You can. That yes. is true. So I, the original pancake house on mm. McKnight road is my absolute favorite, but I also like waffles and caffeinated. I was just about to say, I think waffles and caffeinated is my favorite. Uh-huh. Their potatoes are otherworldly. <laughs> I love their savory waffle. <gasps> yes. It has bacon, onion, sour cream. It's so delicious. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely love it. So that's who I would vote for, I think. One of those two for breakfast or brunch. Um, Burger, the winner was Tesoro's in Bloomfield on Liberty Avenue. That would absolutely be my choice. So I was thrilled that it won. Uh, that's who I've – and by the way, did you vote in this? No, I did okay, not. Okay. I voted in this multiple times. Oh, did you really? Oh, I sure did. <laughs> and I voted for Tesoro's multiple times. Do you have a, a favorite burger? Not off the top of my head. Chinese? Not no. Okay, <laughs> I go to buffets because I'm gross. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Young's House, which is on Route 19 in Westview. Um, it's a little place you would drive past it, and not even know it's there, but you shouldn't. You should not drive past it. You should look to your left or right, depending on which way you're driving, and pull right in and get the chicken with mixed vegetables in the dark sauce because it is yum. Uh, favorite diner for Pittsburgh Magazine this year was Pamela's. That's that's very warranted. Okay. I think I feel like that's fine. Uh, Family-friendly meals, Eaton Park, which is who I would vote for. Lex? Yeah, that's me, okay. me too. Okay. There we go. Uh, favorite food truck, uh, Hibachi Lou. Hibachi Lou sounds like a terrific guy, but I don't, I don't have a food truck that I go to repeatedly. Neither do I. Okay. Frozen treats, I would say Brewster's. You? Uh, Hanks. That's just me, though. Which I've never been to Hanks. That's custard. Well, we gotta go. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that... No, it's fine. It's yeah. frozen treat. Yeah. Oh, true, yeah. The, the winner at Pittsburgh Magazine was Pages. Hmm. Uh, the uh, best Indian was Taj Mahal on uh, McKnight Road in Pittsburgh, hmm. which is delicious. Um, favorite Italian, according to the magazine, is Angelo's Restaurant, which I'm not familiar with. Neither am I. But I would pick Dianoia's, which is on uh, Penn Avenue in the Strip. Uh, and I 
would go there if you allowed me every day of the week. But you won't allow me. <laughs> uh, you have a favorite Italian? Uh, Mario's in, uh, what is it called? Beaver. Uh, Beaver is where all the nice restaurants are for me. So. Oh, really? Mario's? <laughs> yeah, Mario's. It's just like, it's a small little Italian place. It's very good. Okay, sweet. Uh, you have any Japanese, Mexican, Middle Eastern, anything like that you like? Ooh, I don't, ooh, it's so hard because there's a lot of like... Crossover. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's what I was thinking too. See, if I'm going to get like Asian, uh, usually it's sushi for me. I'm okay. a big sushi person. Me too. And I love going to Sushi Bomb in Robinson because Sushi Bomb is you pay like a, like a 25 bucks and it's all you can order. Really? Yeah. And if I'm hungry enough, <laughs> I'll make my money's worth. Sushi bomb. Yeah. I've never been there. Man, is it good. It, it's busy, though. Most nights, it's pretty busy to get in. Okay. So. I would pick Royal Myanmar, which is in Westview. Ooh. I, their dragon roll is my favorite dragon roll. of, And I've had a lot mm -hmm. of dragon rolls in my life because I believe in them strongly. And Royal Myanmar is the absolute king. Um, okay. F favorite pierogi. I have strong feelings about this being from a Polish family. Uh, the winner was uh, Pierogi's Plus. And they're very good, and I really appreciate them. But Forgotten Taste is my favorite. I mm. love the family that runs Forgotten Taste. They're in the Wexford area. They're in South Hills. They have a third location. I'm not sure where that is, but I love Forgotten Taste. And then let's end with pizza, Lex. Um, the winner was Fiori's, which is great, in Dormont uh, on Route 19 South. Any personal feelings about pizza? I love – I have a special connection with Sal's on uh, East Carson. Oh, man. Those slices are huge. And I don't, I don't. And not expensive. I mean, it's kind of expensive. I don't think it's too bad. I mean, like for eight slices, it's like 33 bucks, right? But you got to think like one slice is equal to like maybe two or three slices. Right. I've never got gotten a whole pizza there. I've just gotten a slice. Me, when me and my friends go out, sometimes we stop there after the, the night is done. So that way we can eat pizza and enjoy the rest right. of our night as as we go home. Sure. Okay. I would also have to say Vincent's of Green Tree. Oh, yes. Right down here, the Pizza Bianco is the bomb. The crust is absolutely fabulous. I also vote for my friends at Pizza Italia in Bloomfield. And I still like Sir Pizza in the North Hills, too. Have you ever had Sir? No, I have not. Mm. It's very good. Pizza to the edge. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's oh, no, yeah. yeah, so no crust. I mean, there is crust, but it like goes all the way to the edge. Anyway, this is a conversation we should not be having at five o'clock. Exactly. And I'm exactly. Anyway, there's a lot more we could hit, and maybe we will as the uh, show goes on. As we but should. we're going to take a break. Speaking of best in the burg, let's talk about the best Pittsburgh fellows. Julie McCormick will be with us to give us an update on what's going on with the fellows program. Excited to see the new people coming to Pittsburgh. That's next on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Leanna Crawford. How can you not? How can you not Hold on from Katie Nicole. Hold on just a little bit and praise you anywhere from Brandon Lake. I'll praise you anywhere. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? 
Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling 1-866-806-2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Uncle Ryan has challenged us to explain in our own words why our direct lender advantage is awesome for Word FM listeners who want to buy a new home or do a cash out refinance. Challenge accepted. Let's say you come to us for an ice-cold lemonade. Best on the block, baby. Now, luckily, we've got our own lemons from the lemon tree in our backyard. There's no trips to the grocery store. No middleman. Which means no paying extra to the middleman. No added time going back and forth with grocery lemon person. And most importantly, we're using our own lemons. So we can often charge you less than good old Johnny boy down the street. Doesn't Johnny know this is our street? We are United Faith Mortgage. Our direct lender advantage often allows us to move faster. And because we're using our own money within our own walls, we can often get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. UnitedFaithMortgage.com United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Nefarious, the number one movie on SalemNow.com. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. I'm a demon. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. In modern day screw tape letters, teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heaven right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious. Read it R. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Julie McCormick is the executive director of Pittsburgh Fellows. She's a graduate of both Juniata College and Robert Morris. She worked uh, for Westinghouse Electric for several years. Worked in the corporate world, also um, had her hand in the athletics and ministry areas when she was raising all five of her kids with her husband, Ron. Um, They've been fixtures in the Pittsburgh region for a long time. And Julie, I'm happy to have you back on the show. Well, thank you, Kathy. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. So, Julie, for for people who don't know what the Pittsburgh Fellows Program is all about, uh, give us a thumbnail. So we are a faith-based non-denominational leadership development program designed to help recent college graduates uh, find their first job, integrate faith, work, and life, um, plug into a church, and serve at the church and in the community. Our goal is really to help them start their careers well um, and, and flourish while integrating faith and work and life. 
So before you came on the show, uh, Lexi and I were talking about an article that was in yesterday's Wall Street Journal about how people who are entering the workforce from college have, quote, no idea how to behave in the office. And it is a lengthy article talking about how many members of the class of 2023 were freshmen in college in the spring of 2020 when the whole COVID-19 thing hit and spent the rest of their college years in virtual mode. They had hybrid internships, they had virtual classes, you know, they might not even have had a roommate. Um, So many things about the college experience were different for them than there were for people who were going to school in non-pandemic times. And so now that they're ready to enter into a face-to-face situation in a job, they're kind of clueless. It can be very challenging for sure. Um, And each each situation is different. And so one of one of the gifts that we provide, opportunities we provide our fellows are people who come alongside them. We have seasoned business mentors. Um, our employers are partners with us in developing our fellows, and they make sure that they are plugged in. They have you know, great uh, mentors and peers in the workplace to to help them acclimate, because you're right. It is, I mean, for anyone coming from college to that first job, that's, it's a shock. But in these last several years, it has been even more so because they have not typically had great um, in-person opportunities for summer internships. So have you noticed um, the effect of the pandemic, uh, not just on the Pittsburgh fellows, but on on their friends, on on you, you know, the employers, that sort of thing. How have you had to adjust to kind of, you know, the the layover of uh, COVID-19? Um, I think we we still see our fellows as as mature, um, you know, ready for the workplace eager to contribute and learn, but I would say they're more cautious, more aware of potential downfalls that Mm. the things might not go, um, might not go like they think it, you know, to kind of, kind of expecting the worst. Um, expecting it is maybe a little strong, but not kind of knowing it's very possible and not being surprised surprised, um, you know, maybe just not having such an optimistic, oh, I'm going to jump into the deep end and everything's going to work out. Now right. it's like, I'm going to start in the shallow end and work my over way over to the deep end. Right. Uh, Julie McCormick is with us. We're talking about uh, the Pittsburgh Fellows. And um, when you think of all of the years that you've been doing this, Julie, and all of the people that you've met, um, what about face-to-face interpersonal skills? Is that something that with Pittsburgh Fellows over the years, like people are becoming less capable in interpersonal because there's so much time spent in front of a phone or an iPad? They're certainly less experienced and um, and particularly an intergenerational face to face because you make sense. Right. All the way through school, you are with your peers. And so understanding the nuances of how different generations might communicate or even what a company expects as far as written communication, oral communication, uh, there's much less experience, I would say, mm-hmm. um, once once they are exposed and they have the opportunity to do that, 
I am not seeing uh, less of an ability, though. Oh, good. Okay, so it's just a matter yeah. of experience. Right. Okay. And what about areas of mentorship? Um, it, I'm not sure if that's something that happened. I would assume that's something that happened less during the pandemic. But is that something that's more needed with uh, a newer generation of students entering the workplace? I would say yes. And um, often, even if an entry-level employee is in the workplace, those mid to high level supervisors and um, colleagues are not. Maybe they're hybrid, maybe they're fully remote. And so there is not often as much opportunity to learn just by watching others, um, even if you happen to be in the workplace every Mm day. So I feel like mentors are a, a great way to fill the gaps. Oh, I love that too. I Mentors were so important to me when I was in high school and college. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like I learned, it wasn't just a didactic thing where I was asking them questions and they were saying, you should do this. It was just hanging out with people who were professionals and just kind of watching them and just kind of learning what it was that I should do. Yes. Yes, I always tell our mentors our job, their job is not to tell our fellows what to do. It's to help them process what they are seeing and experience so they can figure out what it is that they should do. Mm-hmm. And what about um, what about conflict? Nobody wants to deal with conflict, but in the workplace, it's it will happen. It absolutely will happen. And so, you know, the earlier you can figure out how to manage it, the better. Um is that something that you specifically talk to the fellows about? Is that something that that they get training in? Or how do you think about that? It is something that we specifically talk about and um, train. We do what we call a monthly business roundtable. And the um, every year we have someone come in and talk to them about how to handle conflict, how to um, handle difficult conversations how to receive and give feedback, both positive and negative. Um, because I do think that, that those are learned skills. Um, and, you know, most people need to be trained and, and have some practice in them in order to, to successfully navigate those kinds of conversations and situations. Yeah. All right, Julie. Um, so talk to our listeners about if uh, they might have a student who'd be interested in being a Pittsburgh fellow or maybe someone who owns a small business who might be interested in having a connection with the fellow pro- program. We are interested in, in both. Um, we have one spot actually remaining for our cohort in the fall for uh, a woman. If, if there's a student who is interested, who's recent graduate um, for, for anyone else entering senior year or younger um, are, we're on, you know, online, obviously it's just um, pittsburghfellows.com and um, I'd love to connect with you that way. And then, yes, we are always looking for employers who um, want to partner with us, who are looking for vetted, high-performing, you know, driven individuals mm-hmm. to come in and, and be part of their company. And even though our program is nine months, our goal is that fellows transition full-time at the end. And we have a pretty high success rate of doing that. So from an employer standpoint, it's it's like a nine-month interview. It's a great way to determine if you want. Yeah, really get to, to know somebody. Fellow. Yes. Yeah. Julie, give the website one more time. Uh, PittsburghFellows.com. PittsburghFellows.com. That's Julie McCormick. Julie, thanks for being here today. 
Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, best of luck to you as you navigate the new okay. uh, the new cohort in the fall. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. At Ethos Life, we've busted all the myths about getting life insurance. Like myth number one. Life insurance? I can't afford that. At Ethos, we have term life policies everyone can afford with policies as low as $7 a month. Or myth number two. I have a life insurance policy through work. That's good enough. With workplace coverage usually only equal to a year's salary, that won't nearly be enough to cover your family's ongoing and future expenses. A long-term affordable policy from Ethos can give you the peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family is well covered for years to come. Myth number three. Getting life insurance? It's just too complicated. At Ethos, our 100% hassle-free online process can give you a quote in seconds, application in minutes, and coverage in hours. With no medical exams or blood work needed, just answer a few health questions. Get your free online estimate at ethoslife.com. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. Rates will vary based on age, underwriting, face amount, and type of policy. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. The best way to see Pittsburgh is aboard a narrated Three Rivers sightseeing cruise. Join us for a one-hour tour and experience our city out on the water. Sales Wednesday through Sunday all summer. Visit gatewayclipper.com for tickets. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers around, mainly late tonight. We'll see a low of 60. Cloudy tomorrow, humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see little relief from the humidity in the coming days, the high 73. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, low 62. Mostly cloudy Saturday, humid, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, if you turn on Netflix or Amazon or uh, you stream your entertainment or your documentaries, uh, you have a whole lot of options right now 
to look at uh, churches or organizations or parachurch organizations who have done it wrong. And I don't know. It's easy, I think, to sit back on your sofa and look at, you know, the Hillsong story and think, oh, my gosh, what a disaster Hillsong is. Um, And, yeah, it's true. It is a disaster. But when you're on the inside, um, it's like frogs in a pot. Uh, We often don't see what's happening right around us um, because we're just it's happening slowly and we're part of the uh, environment. And sometimes we're also part of the problem. So I I think it takes a lot of humility and a lot of courage to face these types of stories. And um, so we're going to talk about one of them today, about Amazon's shiny, happy people. We've got Alex Harris with us, attorney and author. He's the son of homeschool pioneers, brother of former pastor and author Josh Harris. And he is part of shiny, happy people. So we're going to talk to him about it and get his read. Hey, Alex, happy to have you with me. Hey, Hey, Kathy. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, man, you're brave. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, um, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying is that when, you know, you you turn on Netflix and you see one bad story about one bad church or organization after another, because, of course, that's what, you know, documentaries are about. But I understand that you wanted to be a part of this one because you wanted to kind of tell the bigger story. Yeah. So it, it when you said I was brave, I mean, I did I did feel a fair amount of, of fear and trepidation in agreeing to be part of a project like this. And it was a, you know, a, a, a risky, a risky decision, one that, you know, even now I'm still evaluating, you know, exactly what the, the finished product ended up being. And yet there is something really important here. And I loved how you kind of intro this segment. Um, there's, there's a space for, for us as the church to be humble and to to really own the fact that these these types of scandals and, and here in this in this docu series we're talking about Bill Gothard Institute for Basic Life Principles um, Christian homeschooling uh, there's a place for the church to kind of be honest to be humble even when we're getting criticized imperfectly and say there was something here uh, within the church or within um, these movements that you know, allowed these types of, you know, abuses or these false teachings to, to thrive Mm -hmm. and to influence millions uh, over the course of, of decades. And that doesn't happen by accident. And, and there are lessons that we, as the church, you know, need to take away from these, these stories. Um, Even if the people telling those stories, you know, are not fellow travelers, Mm -hmm. you know, in our, in our own faith tradition, um, they're exposing, unfortunately, truths that maybe some in the church swept under the rug. And that's sure. why why they're scandal. That's why these stories are now coming out. Alex, tell us your story. Um, how did you and your life and your growing up intersect with the Institute for Basic Life Principles? Yeah, so my intersection is not as direct as some of the the, the members of the docuseries. So if, if you've watched it or if people do watch it, there's a lot of interviews with with survivors of, of really horrible abuse um, within the Institute for Basic Life Principles, uh, interviews with one of the Duggar daughters of, you know, the famous 19 Kids and Counting uh, TLC show. Um, and I was never as directly uh, involved in Gothard's ministry. And yet, 
he was a leading, uh, a leader in the Christian homeschooling movement. And my parents were some of the early leaders of the Christian homeschooling movement. And so we, we grew up, me and my siblings within that world. Okay. And a lot of our friends were very influenced by Gothard's teachings. And so, you know, you would have these families in our church who, who homeschooled, used the curriculum that Gothard put out, who, you know, wore the clothes that Gothard approved of, did their hair the way Gothard uh, directed. He had rules, seemed like for everything. And, and yet that was just kind of this accepted, like, you know, these, these, these are members of, of the community who are trying to, to follow God as best they can. And, and here's this teacher they're, they're listening to and being influenced by. And, and even, you know, even in my own circles, sadly, um, there are stories of, of similar abuses and, and just really heartbreaking stories, uh, that have never been made public. They're not part of this docu-series. Um, and yet, you know, so part of my motivation and being, being a part was to say, look, I had a good experience. I'm, I'm thankful for my homeschool experience. And yet even, even those of us who had a great experience still can have, have some real concerns about aspects of the movement and ideas that were really prevalent uh, within that world and in the broader evangelical world. Alex, you graduated from Harvard Law School. You clerked for uh, several U.S. Supreme Court justices. Um, so clearly you were equipped well uh, for a career uh, that had to have started when you were a little kid. And that's, I think, one of the best things about homeschooling uh, is the fact that, you know, a kid can really take incredible steps academically quickly and because they're not held back by, you know, the structure of uh, a normal uh you know, day of school in in a public environment. Um, can you talk about what you thought was particularly good about your homeschool experience? And then maybe looking back, uh, the drawbacks you suffered. Yeah, no. And, and I, I am, my, my parents were, were just so, um, they were visionaries. They, they started homeschooling back when it was uh, illegal to do so in, in many states um, out of out of religious conviction, uh, out of uh, a real understanding that as parents they had a responsibility to really be training and teaching and, and investing in their children and not simply handing that off to to other people to to steward that for them. Um, and and they did really teach me and my siblings to love learning. Uh, they they not only taught us to to read and to write. Uh, they they really fed us great great works of literature, fed us ideas. We're always engaging in conversation around the dinner table um, and, and challenging us to, you know, to really pursue the things that we were most passionate and interested about and to use that as a, as a tool for learning. Uh, so all of that I see as, as really setting me up for, for everything that I was able to do after. And, and the concerns that I have now are not um, with homeschooling itself, because again, I had a great experience and know, know many people who did. Um, my concerns actually tie into to the path I've taken in some ways in that one really important concept within the Christian homeschooling movement was the idea of the Joshua generation. And, and this is you know the reason why they asked me to be a part of the Shiny Happy People docuseries was to talk about this. And, and the part that they actually included ended up being a very small part of our 
day long conversation about it. Uh, but the Joshua generation is this vision that Christian homeschool graduates uh, would grow up to be um, the, the leaders of the country, uh, the presidents, the Supreme Court justices, the senators, uh, and and in do, doing so would be like Joshua of the Old Testament, that we would be the one who would take the land for God. Um, and implicit in that idea was the sense that that we needed to defeat the enemies of God. And implicit within that idea was this pursuit of power and influence as kind of one of the core, if not the core mission of, of many young Christian homeschool graduates. And, and that is a problem, not, not because it's bad for Christians to be involved in politics, uh, not because it's bad to have people who, who believe in God and, and the Bible to, to be in positions of, of power or influence, uh, but it really puts our hope in mm. politics and power. Mm, sure. um, and it conflates you know, an earthly kingdom and earthly favor with the fact that we are, you know, we have a, we have a, a future kingdom. It's a heavenly one. Um, and that's where our allegiance and our hope mm-hmm. lies. And, and I think over time, you know, that, that kind of thinking, which is reflected more broadly in, in kind of Christians interaction and, and engagement in politics, um, it has a distorting effect on the soul you know, our, our habits and our ways of thinking and our engagement with the world, you know, almost have a liturgical effect, you know, they shape and form us. Mm -hmm. And what I saw, you know, pursuing politics, pursuing the law, having a lot of success uh, in that was the ways in which that, that way of thinking really did distort um, myself and and my peers and, and caused, um, caused us to lose sight of, of what's truly most important and to, to, to think that, you know, being being a faithful Christian is is really a political expression instead of a of a spiritual reality. Alex, stay right where you are. We need to take a break, and we'll be right back. We're talking to Alex Harris, who's an attorney and an author, and he's part of Amazon's Shiny Happy People docu series. And uh, he says it has lessons to teach if we're willing to hear it. So let's hear what he has to say next. Stay close. WORD. Coming up on Real Life Radio. This love for Jesus that he's going to be speaking about prioritizes your life and mine. Are we Christians today? We say, yes, we are. Then the number one thing that should mark our lives as a priority is love for God first. Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses in nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise you I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new 
lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text Ron to 99799 and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's Ron to 99799 and again Ron to 99799. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like the potential to participate in credited interest from market-indexed returns and limit the downside? Join Michael Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. here on Word FM. You can also call Michael Badalini now for your complimentary customized Retirement and Income Radio Kit and Retirement and Income Radio Book at 1-844-449-SAFE. That's 1-844-449-7233. closing out hour one of the Tuesday edition. No, it's the Wednesday edition, isn't it? Of the ride home. Talking to Alex Harris. Alex is part of Amazon's Shiny Happy People docuseries. And um, Alex grew up in a homeschooling environment, has risen to uh, great success in his career, and is kind of looking back at um, some of the things that were associated with that era in American evangelicalism and asking some questions. Um, Alex, I'm already disappointed that we don't, we're not going to have more time uh, to flesh this out more. But um, you were talking about the Joshua generation before we went to break and how it often puts our minds um, on the kingdoms of the world, I think is probably a good way to put it. And that's not just something that is um, endemic to a, uh, a homeschooling environment in any way, shape or form. I think it's attractive to people um, right now in every sphere, especially those who uh, are concerned about the country and feel like uh, something, you know, from their perspective has to be done. Um, but I'm curious if you could flash out just a little more in the minutes we have left about how you feel like that view of the world um, has kind of corrupted your thinking and changed your perspectives yeah uh it's really been for me a a really a long a long process of you know thankfully faithful faithful pastors preaching the word uh continuing to just read read my bible uh like i was taught to do by by my parents so many many years ago Uh, and then then also you know i've just moved in very high levels of of conservative politics starting starting in my teen years uh, and for most of my adult life and and just have seen you know politics is is so uh it's it's such a, a warping environment um politics is important because uh 
politics broadly defined is, is how we fulfill the command to love our neighbor um, in our immediate neighborhoods and communities and, and nationally. Uh, and yet politics, the activity um, and the arena is, is you can just lose your bearings so mm-hmm. quickly. Yep. I mean, there are obviously important things that that people of faith can and should care about. Uh, and yet, once you get into it, it's so easy to lose perspective and think, you know, this battle, this law, this election, um, you know, is the end all be all. And and if and if we don't win or if, if the side that I think is the is the godly Christian side doesn't win, you know, spiritual cataclysm. And, you know, as I read scripture, I just don't see that the being the proper mentality for the people mm-hmm. of God. Um, and so. There, there's a, a a sense in which I think as the church, and you're right, this is not just a Christian homeschool issue. This is a this is a broader uh, issue within I think many streams streams of of Christianity. Um, you know, for for us to really go back uh, to first principles and and to be very conscious of of when we're allowing our hope to shift uh, and our posture and our 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 manner of engaging. Uh, to reflect more the patterns of this world rather than than the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Alex, as I said before, uh, you graduated from Harvard Law. You clerked for a couple Supreme Court justices. You were even named to uh, Forbes 30 under 30 list for law and policy. So like you said, you have traveled in uh, high circles. Um, when you look at Amazon's shiny, happy people, um, and we've only got a minute or so left, do you feel like um, it's telling the story that you wanted it to tell? Yes and no. There, there's a, a core story which is focused more on on Gothard and the Institute for Basic Life Principles, which we talked about earlier. And that story is told very well. It's it's searing. It's it's hard to watch, um, but it's important and it's told well. Uh, the story on the Joshua generation, the the part where I I appear for a few minutes. That one is not told quite as well. Um, I think I was hoping that there would be a little bit more context, that it would be more accurately situated within broader kind of political and, and religious um, streams, and and that they would include something that I talked about, which was, you know, what what does a more biblical and and uh, nuanced and, and hopeful vision of, of engagement with politics and culture look like? Some of the things that that you and I have been able to talk about. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Oh, yeah. 
Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling one 806 29 That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Let's face it, talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions, and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older and... Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to ethoslife.com now for your free estimate. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. Ethoslife.com. Every summer... Millions of people who are on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever your favorite social media platform is, they snap, share their you know summer trips, their holiday moments, whatever. But if you are tired of looking at things that way and you want to have the perfect vacation, but not like the perfect vacation on Instagram, um, there is a destination I want to tell you about called Alco Tamio. Okay. It's in the eastern Gulf of Finland, and this tiny island has declared itself a phone-free zone. Yes, okay. Uh, Mats Salen, who is from the tourism board, said, We want to urge holidaymakers to switch off their smart devices and stop and genuinely enjoy the islands. So there is a lot to do on this island. There's hiking trails. It's a beautiful rocky shoreline. There are bird watching towers. I mean, you know, wherever you're going to go, there are a lot of things to do there. But a lot of us end up looking at our phones the whole time. They're saying in Finland, leave the phone at home or at least disconnect it while you're here. There still is a mobile network, but everyone will look down at you if you pull your phone out. Okay. Um, It's part of the Eastern Gulf National Park. This island is uninhabited by people. You can stay overnight in a cabin or in a tent. The new rules that they are enforcing, though, it's not really enforcing because they will be voluntary. But they're making it clear that they will give visitors a chance to focus on nature. And they're hoping that the initiative will take off and could be implemented in other nature and recreational uh, destinations as well. 
Now, let me say this. that I think that's such a terrific idea. I love everything about that. And I would have a really hard time. Lex? I would have a difficult time doing it. Because I like does... taking pictures to like remember it. Like I can go back and be like, oh my gosh, you have to see what I saw. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, I guess you could bring like a digital camera and like, because that doesn't really, that can't go on. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. You could bring a camera. Yeah. So I, I wonder, but is it like all technology is off the table or is it just your phone? Well, it just said, they, all it said was the phone. Okay. But that, that makes it a little easier because I just, I bring my phone for picture taking. Sure. So do I. Wow. I don't, I want to say that it would be fine with me. I don't think it would be but fine I don't think it me. would be fine with me. I really don't think it would be fine with me. All right. Uh, speaking of things that aren't fine with me, a uh, study finds that according to new data, 52% of Americans, 52%, that's more than half of Americans grew up sleeping with a blanket or a stuffed animal. That's not a real surprise. The thing that did surprise me, though, is that 77% of those people, okay, that's 40% of people overall, admit they still do it even when sharing a bed with their partner. Okay, so there's either a blanket or a stuffed animal. This is, uh, it's amazing. A recent study of 2,000 U.S. adults who live with a partner discovered that when it comes to being a considerate co-sleeper, some of your current bedtime rituals may need to be reconsidered. This survey delved into the sleeping and nighttime habits of couples and discovered that some of their top sleep disruptors are when their partner steals the covers, when uh, their partner wakes them up tossing and turning, when their partner sleeps with the TV on, snores, or sleeps with the lights on, okay? But another non-negotiable for many is the fact that they have to sleep with their stuffed animal. <laughs> okay, so I will uh, tell you first that I was absolutely 100% committed to my blanket when I was little. I felt very strongly about my blanket. Um, uh, I left a, one of my blankets in a hotel room when I was very little, and that was extremely traumatic. And so I went back to my original infant blanket, which was in tatters, complete tatters. But I would, I just would not give that up. I absolutely wouldn't. And I was also very interested in my stuffed animals and they were all, you know, they all had names and little personalities and everything like that. Um, once I got married, I mean, I, I, I wasn't sleeping with stuffed animals or my blanket, like when I went to college. So I think I must've left that behind at some point. Lexi, I don't want to get too personal with you, but <laughs> did you have a blanket or stuffed animal? When I was a kid, um, I had my pillow that I would like, I would rub the fabric together because it felt really soft. Because it was, it was like satin? A, yeah. Right. A or, satin or like, honestly, it could have been like a cotton pillow. I have no clue what it was. But um, I would like rub it together between my fingers because it was like super soothing. Um, that is a piece of thread now. <laughs> it's like completely destroyed. <laughs> but you still have it? Yeah. I. This is so, well, I don't still have, I think my mom still has it. But like, I still like put, I put stuffed animals on my bed and like, my boyfriend will buy me Squishmallows, which are like... Oh, which are super cute. They're just the cutest little guys. <laughs> right. I just put them everywhere in my okay, home. Okay, but here's, here's the question. Do you sleep with them? 
I I do have a pillow that I I sleep with that could be considered a stuffed animal. Okay, I sleep with a pillow too. I sleep. It's like a half crescent moon pillow, and I kind of use it as like a, to Head shove. Support. Yeah, to shove okay, in the crook of my neck. That's not sleeping with a stuffed animal. That's but it's just like, that's just smart positioning. No, but it's kind of like it's a st- it's a stuffed moon. It has like a little face on it. Like it's supposed <laughs> to be. <laughs> it's definitely supposed to be like a stuffed animal type moment. I was trying to save you there. No, it's okay. I'll right. I'll embarrass myself. Sure. Got it. Okay. But the the little thing, the thing that's in tatters, though, you're not... Oh, no. No, that's gone. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my husband has nothing like that. I mean, he. I don't know if he had a... St- oh, I think he did. He had like... He had an aardvark. I do remember the aardvark when Aww. we got married. I mean, no, I wasn't sleeping with it when, I, when we got married. But I remember that it came as like, hey, this was mine when I was a little kid. Uh, I don't know. I... I, I I think you have to leave that behind at some point, but I still have my stuffed animals from when I was a kid. They live in a in an underbed box. <laughs> Mine live in like a little container for the most part. <laughs> I'm, we might be limited as people. We just might be. Anyway, thanks okay. for being along for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Our very best to John Hall, hoping that he is recovering well at home and looking forward to a really great and fun Friday show. So we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Same time. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.